Hi, I'm Dr. Kim Mueller, and I'm so happy to welcome you to the first episode of Twig Education On. Episode one is Twig Education On Literacy, and you're going to hear Twig's Lucas Lairdman in conversation with literacy expert Andres P. Andreu. Andres is working with Twig Education to develop a new ELA multimedia creativity program, Twig Create. As you'll hear, Andres is a very interesting guy. He's an award-winning author who studied nuclear physics and linguistics. As he explains to Lucas, he has experience of being an ELD student himself. He's an expert in English language arts, English language development, and digital literacy, so he's a great fit for Twig Create. Twig Create lets students create multimedia projects using video, text, audio, and other sources. It includes an easy-to-use filmmaking tool that encourages knowledge building and language development. Let's jump straight in and join Lucas and Andres as they discuss Twig Create, multimodal literacy, and why films and filmmaking are great tools to get students engaged in learning. Welcome. Thanks for joining us, Andres Piandru. And my name is Lucas Thirdman. I'm with Twig Education, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the new Twig Create product that's coming out, multimodal literacy, and how it's a tool that can really support the educational landscape of today and tomorrow, and then why the idea of multimodal literacy is so important. To start out, Andres, can you tell us a little bit about your background? specifically in the areas of English language arts, English language development, language proficiency, and digital literacy? Well, you know, my, my journey in the educational field has been kind of a tale. I studied nuclear physics. That was my first major, and then linguistics, which apparently are not related, but they are. <laughs> Don't ask me how, how, but they are. <laughs> and definitely learning a science and the scientific process has to do with all the tools that we nowadays know as instructional design, which is applying that scientific process to education and to acquire knowledge. I began, of course, as an ESL student uh, by myself and an ELD student too. When I came here to the United States in December 2003, I already spoke five languages, but none of it was English, which mm -hmm. is odd in a world like that, which English is one of the first languages. I'm native in Spanish and German. It was uh, kind of uh, having the German side, um, it was an advantage to learn English, which is, as you know, a, Germanist, a Germanic language. And the first time I worked in a publisher was as a bilingual editor and as a bilingual senior editor and lead editor for Hot Mifflin, the Avancemos book for high school. I like that book. I still like it. And then I jumped and helped Pearson and Scott Forsman with Reading Street, the bilingual edition. I worked also the upper grades there. With all of this wide and varied background that you have, what are you working on for Twig Education? You know, how does it relate to multimodal literacy and what you've been talking about here so far? I'm working for Twig Education in a product that is called uh, Twig Create. But basically does is with uh, videos or every type of stimulus. It could be a text, a video, or an image, or an audio. And but mostly videos, we teach a language lesson. A mm -hmm. language, an ELA lesson that is also has an ELD component. And what we do is that the result of that lesson, 
everything that the student extract for that lesson, what they learn, the vocabulary, the structure, what they comprehend, they, at the end, translate it into an activity to create a video from little clips from their own video they're seeing or from audio they are creating from the frames, uh, paragraph frames they created during the language lesson, which, of course, has a routine that, you know, routines that follows and uh, has an end product. And that end product is uh, knowledge, is information. And they will have a tool that is very easy to use to edit videos. So the final product is going to be a multimedia. Mm. It will be with their own voice. They're going to use what they know to create a voice or a script. And it will be, I think, very, very according to the times we're living. So it's just a, it's, a, it's like a TikTok tool uh, with a language component. I think it's super cool. It's designed to cover all the standards, uh, educational standards for language acquisition and also uh, science or history, other topics. It's intra-topic and it also has cross-reference uh, mm. transfer, language transfer in it. Im- imagine the implications for kids nowadays, the use of memes. They know how to record a video and share their opinions because that's the world in which they live. So it's like being out there, like being in the world. And at the same time, you are doing some distance learning. The most efficient efficient way of putting people in, in, in real life while being at home is uh, through a video, through a multimedia presentation. Mm-hmm. So it brings uh, the world to you, to your classroom. And I think that's uh, one of the biggest contribution for, for teachers they're going to see. They're going to be able to bring the world inside the class without needing to go to the world. And sometimes it sounds um, bad, but it's not. Because imagine how would you go to a field with the kids and be able to show the bee. Maybe the bee is not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could yeah. make it as a compliment. So it's a multimodal literacy at, it, at its best. Because when they learn, maybe, maybe it's the first time they see a wasp. You know, or the first time they see a, an Ugbuster beetle that fires acid from their bottoms to, to defend themselves, and they're going to see them. They're not going to read about them. They're going to have that language lesson, know what it is, but at the same time, they're going to see it. And they're going to manipulate some clips and make video sentence reports. Imagine all the possibilities. You can be a reporter. They only can be an anchor. They can do opinion pieces. They do compare and contrasting. They can do uh, sequences. Imagine you have all these videos, school videos, mm-hmm. uh, of science videos about experiments. And they could do sequencing there and how do you, for example, how do you transform urine in the ISS to drinking water for the astronauts? And I, I already, I finished yesterday a lesson about that. And it was a lesson that was uh, of sequencing. And we learned all the vocabulary related to that, filtration, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, the activity, uh, after acquiring all that knowledge, because it's, it's in a video, uh, acquiring the vocabulary, also the, the, the structure, I, I don't remember what it was, like uh, modal verbs or something. Mm-hmm. And after uh, completing the graphic organizer and do the sequencing routine, because we have a sequencing routine with graphic organizer, then you go to the part in which you're going to say, hey, the activity today is you need to take all these clips, use the sequencing frame paragraph that you did, and put a, a voiceover or a closed caption in the order in which it happened, what is the process and how do you filtrate urine and convert it into water? They take it and they do their own film, and then they can be narrators. Or they can insert themselves, hey, I want to drink that water too. And at the end, they have an extra activity, and, and, and they share, and they, and they say their opinions about the other people's videos. So imagine for upper grades. So they could do a documentary. They could do, I mean, we have more than 25 type of uh, video activities. Guys, the limited sounds like. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, there are two distinctive things that are not mixed. One is the language lesson, and then it comes the fun part, 
no? And they are joined but are not together. And it, this is only like what makes this fun and what makes this content uh, jump into a multimodal mode. And multimodal mode is uh, for nowadays, we that are meta-humans, is I think our the way of communication and acquiring knowledge. It's really exciting. I can see how for kids these days, so to speak, you know, the Generation Z, they're so used to YouTube and videos and the internet and just being able to access images of what's going on in the world. So many options that places they aren't don't have the option to travel to, they can see it. You know, in this time of distance learning right now in our COVID times, but even hopefully when we're post-COVID, this distance learning modality where kids learn so much from video and multimedia and images, etc., is going to continue to be a major part of education, I think. And I'm just thinking myself with uh, ELD strategies I'm familiar with. I remember for, you know, for decades now, it's been known that realia, you know, bringing in uh, real objects and having kids see things who are English learners is a huge support when they don't have the vocabulary, they don't have the language yet. So it's a huge support for building that language. So I'm just seeing so many ways in which um, you're describing this Twig Create and I think it will be a really powerful tool for the kind of learning that needs to happen in today's world. And as you were saying earlier, making it more efficient, making that language acquisition and knowledge acquisition more efficient. That's super exciting. You've been mentioning this term multimodal literacy. And you know, I know it was a new term to me when I heard it a little while ago. Maybe you can just try to give a, a, a brief definition and of that term for the listeners out there, you know, dumb it down for us a little bit, maybe a simpler version of what does multimodal literacy actually mean. The multimodal approach of literacy takes uh, into account how linguistics and visual interact and how the visual experience, which is not only like, you know, watching, for example, the first time we meet a person, it's not only you see their face, you see their demeanor, you see the surroundings, where they live. The amount of information that you get mixing, the way you talk, the information you exchange with everything that surrounds the, the, with the paralanguage, with everything that is associated with that experience, you know, it's multimodal. And the thing is that a multimodal uh, literate student must be, you know, sensitized to the meaning of the meaning potential and choices afforded in, in the production of text. They need to be aware that when they acquire knowledge, they don't only acquire it by seeing, but also by hearing, but also by writing. So multimodal means that you get knowledge and language from multiple sources. And, and the most important thing is that we as educators, we need to develop the knowledge and pedagogy to teach multimodal literacy. If we're going to use it, we need to learn that. We cannot assume that just because the students, this young narration is growing in a media world, they will be able to view multimodal representation critically and not be naive consumers of media. You know, not only media text, but also media multi, multimedia. Yeah. And the thing is, they use it every day. My, my, my kids, they, they have opinions that I know we haven't discussed, and they got it from watching multimedia and, and watching the media-rich world. And then we need to sit, and I need to explain them why it's not that way, and teaching them the difference between a, an opinion and a fact, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a, a strategy, you know, uh, in our world. It's something that we use every day in the classroom, you know? And then we, we need to teach them also about the resources and then sources where, where you get the information. So th- those discussions come in a, in a, in a multimedia-rich world in which a multimodal approach is the only way to teach them how to decode their rules, to say, or the structure of that world. Because people that are constructing that world, they have also purposes, and we need 
us in our previous world teach kids to have their own opinion and to analyze and all this you know language acquisition tools and knowledge and comprehension tools so if we do it in the same platform in which they live it's very important for us so there are like two or three dimensions to the multimodal media literacy the first one is uh, with respect to the prevalence of a multimodal text so specifically to a multimedia experience that stress the, the access to information the access to information, it's something that we need to, not to control, but to teach to our students. The only thing we need to do is, if we have the tools, is to teach them how to identify uh, things that make sense and that mm-hmm. correspond to the knowledge they have, to the background knowledge, to the ba- knowledge they are uh, acquiring. It sounds like, you know, it necessitates a certain amount of digital literacy, we could say, which uh, I think our kids growing up these days, they're native, they're digital natives, Right. They've been using yes. devices and using web browsers, et cetera, since as long as they can remember. Those of us a little older, we had to learn that along the way as adults. Living in um, the real world, yeah. <laughs> and I think about the teachers. There's a lot of teachers that are not digital natives and may struggle a little bit with their digital literacy or digital proficiency is not as much as their students are. Do you have any suggestions or thoughts for teachers how to support the students' digital literacy and help them working with multimodal literacy, even if their own proficiency with technology is more limited? First, uh, they need to show the kids they are making an effort to speak the same language. I'm telling you, this is not only a change in format. It's not a new interface. It's a new language. But this language, this new language, this internet language, multimedia language, has the peculiarity of being also a culture. I mean, culture and language are very close related. Mm-hmm. But in this case, when you put your life in front of you in 2D in a screen, but with a, with a 3D and a 4D and even a 5D implication, and then you have the return of iconography in a way that you use uh, multimedia clips and photos and text from different cultures. Because at the end, globalization has brought us to a certain amount of, of uh, visual references and, and linguistic reference that kids put together like like that without even knowing the culture. They are decontextualizing the world and only taking what they think it means a phrase. Then teachers, once they realize and understand and take the time to understand how they work, how their minds work, the only thing they need to do is to clarify from where those things come and what the real meaning is. Great. Well, thanks, Andres. This has been really interesting. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot, and I'm sure looking forward to seeing uh, Twig Create. I've seen a little bit of just the video editing piece, but the English language arts lessons and what it will look like when it's all put together. Oh, thank you for having me. It was, uh, you know, sometimes you need to put into words what, what you have in your mind. And I, I didn't expect to talk about multimodal literacy, but it, it was good. I, it, it gives you ideas. You've been listening to Lucas Lairdman talk to Andres P. Andreu about multimodal literacy and Andres's work on Twig Create. If you want to see Twig Create for yourself, you can sign up to learn more at twigcreate.com. I'll be back next time to bring you another episode of Twig Education On with another great guest. Make sure to subscribe. You don't want to miss out. See you soon.